small business, big advice. Welcome to the Very Good Marketing Podcast, where small business owners, employees, or just marketing fanatics can learn how to grow a business on a budget without wasting any money. Welcome to the Very Good Marketing Podcast. My name is Shannon and I'm here with small business marketing consultant and expert, Amy Miosevich. And today is our last episode covering turning leads into customers. So Amy, we've gone through having a CRM and how important it is to have a, a good CRM. And we've also covered a couple of the ways that you can turn your leads into customers. Um, so what else is there to cover under this topic? Okay, so there's obviously a lot of different sales techniques that you can employ if you are trying to convert leads into customers. A lot of them are through automation because there are a lot of businesses out there that are e-commerce businesses and um, they don't often conduct this particular part of the process uh, in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I want to talk about today is this process that is involved whether you are a business-to-business-business <laughs> business to business business or whether you are a business to consumer business um any any i guess process mapping that involves like a personal interaction um that's the the thing i want to talk about today i want to talk about what that actual process could look like and how you could design it for your business to ensure the most number of leads turn into customers so we did talk about some of the techniques last week but i Mm -hmm. wanted to give you guys an example this week so we could actually work through what these touch points actually are so you could build them into your business And we've shared a lot of stories about companies that do this not so well. Um, Last week, we talked about a company who, um, where the founder himself used to do a lot of these sales conversations and then he passed it off to an estimating team that turned out to be underselling. The way that you can bring an underselling team up um, to higher performance and the way that you can actually bring this overseller back down to be in line with the company is through capturing a process and ensuring they can deliver it the same way every time. Mm-hmm. So what I want to talk about now is what is that process and how can you build it for your organization and how can you start um, delivering things the same way every time to the best possible outcome. So the example that I want to use to talk about this is a property management company. So The reason I've chosen a property management company is because it is a B2C, so business to consumer business, where the person you are talking to is often the decision maker. Mm -hmm. Um, The product itself is quite an expensive product. Um, It's delivered in an ongoing capacity. It means that you're kind of at the liberty of your additional staff to deliver the service. So it's very quick, like it's a very quick thing to not deliver in the product delivery space if that makes sense so it's very easy to over promise and under deliver Mm -hmm. Um, and you also have uh, quite a niche uh, sales delivery process because you have to intimately understand someone's property to be able to put together a quote so it's quite unique it's not as niche as maybe an engineering quoting kind of business but it definitely has a process behind it that can rapidly become successful or really ineffective. Okay. So a property management company is a company that looks after, um, in this example, I'm going to use residential property management. So someone owns a home and uh, that home is for lease and a property management company in this, in this example, um, they find tenants for the property and they manage the, the rental agreement. They look after rental inspections, um, any maintenance queries and requests, and they kind of take care of that for a fee every year sometimes that fee is a flat fee and sometimes that fee is variable based on the things that are required to be undertaken Mm -hmm. so this property management company that we're talking about they get uh, a lot of leads through their website Uh, and I think in this particular case they were running uh, google ads 
Uh, they had a, a content marketing campaign and they also did SEO on their website. So they had strangers coming through to their website and then their website was encouraging people to get a quote. Okay. And um, what was happening was they had a sales team, they called them the sales team, that were responsible for bringing in the leads and converting them to customers. And in this circumstance, that particular pair was using any technique under the sun to oversell. Mm-hmm. And they were giving away discounts. They weren't recording what was going on. They were trying to undercut their competitors. They were promising people the world. And what happened was they would get a customer on board under false pretenses. So maybe they'd offer them a massive discount. That customer would come on board um, and very, very quickly they would become unhappy because they couldn't keep up in the product delivery space um, with all the requests and demands of this person because they weren't on board and effectively they weren't actually making money because they'd sold them in such a low price that it 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 meant that they were losing money in the product delivery space and um, it also created this large churn rate that was kind of offsetting any of the costs that it was um that it was costing to bring that customer in the first place. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is they would spend, I guess, $10 per click on a Google ad. They would have paid for this website. They've given them a call. It's cost, you know, a couple hours for the sales team to convert them. And then they've come on board and all that's just gone down the toilet because they've yeah, left in a few they've months. They've wasted that money. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, this person could have left a negative Google review in the meantime and it could have cost even more damage. It's, yeah, it's left a mark on the yeah. on the brand. Yeah, And it was happening a lot. And this, there was like a bit of, a, I guess, a cultural problem happening where the sales team became so siloed from the organization because the people that were required to fulfill the promises weren't um, respecting what was going on in that process and they, they were nervous about it and they didn't like this team and they, they, there was just a lot of negativity around what the role of this team was. So we came in and we sat down with the leadership team of this company and we put out this the very good framework and we talked them through what capturing a process would look like and how they could start encouraging their sales team to deliver the same way every time Mm -hmm. and then eventually figure out okay well if that isn't working how could we expand or contract the team over time to meet our needs so we started capturing what a process would look like and this is the process that we went through to capture the process we sat down with the, the sales, the sales guys, the two of them that were there, and we started asking them certain questions around what stuff was happening. And I mean, we did the same process with the engineering company that I just mentioned in the yep. last episode. So what happens when a quote comes in? So if you a quote request comes in, so someone's inquired, what's the process? And they would say... Um, if a quote's required, I, I maybe just write down the person's email address and then I just make sure I chuck them a quote by the end of the week. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So we got a lot of that. <laughs> we got, um, yeah, if they left their phone number, I'd give them a call. Yeah. And then would you follow up with the call? I don't know. They'd call me back if they, they're interested. Mm-hmm. It was, um, yeah, I'd check out their building on Google Maps and if their property looked like it was in a nice suburb, like um, I'd give the them a call. Screening customers, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, yeah, uh, I sometimes I'd go out and see them because I know that if I go out and see them, then I'm definitely going to win the work. 70% of the time, one of these guys reckons if he goes out to see the property, he'll win the work. And do you remember last time we were talking about reciprocity? Mm-hmm. So if they've gone to all the effort of coming out and meeting them at their home and then they see that, um, you know, this is they're actually really keen on helping them, they investigate the property a bit more, uh, that's the kind of... Uh, effort that's definitely going to be reciprocated if you're comparing it to other property management companies out there um so we got a bit of that we got um uh yeah i'll flick flick them an email um 
back and just ask for the like some more info about the property but if they don't reply to the email then you know they're probably not interested so they were having they were getting like 50 inquiries a month maybe more and only one or two of them were becoming customers yeah which wasn't the conversion rate that this particular company was looking for and fair enough i mean in the past they'd had better results um and as a company, they were spending quite a lot of money to have these two people there and all the marketing efforts and that conversion rate just wasn't good enough. So we started with that and we said, well, what would be the best possible um, response you would want if you were out there going and um, setting an inquiry? So Shannon, you had a, um, a property, you were inquiring with a rental a property management company about maintaining that property for you and looking after it. What kind of response would you want if you sent an email inquiry? Um, okay. Um, if I take my introvert hat off, yeah. I would want at least a phone call um, within like five business days of, because okay. I, I feel like, as you know, I often am understanding that usually there's like a bit of a lag on yeah. when you submit a, an inquiry, but I think realistically, yeah, within like five business days, you would expect to hear something. Yeah. Um, and then you would want within that phone call to have a solid idea of what the next steps are with this process. So yep. like I would want to know if, if, yeah, if part of their process is to come and view the property and to have a look, then I would want that to be booked in. Yeah. And yeah. um, scheduled within that one phone call. Yeah. Um, if their process is different, um, if it's just setting up like a, a meeting to discuss the property and where it is and all of that sort of stuff, then I would want that to be teed up in that phone yeah, call. So I, I would want that phone call to be quite high value yes. um, if I've submitted an inquiry. Yeah, and one of the things, and this is maybe a website thing that we didn't get a chance to talk about, but one of the things that's often very important is alleviating any anxieties around what happens next after someone calls. And in a lot of successful cases, we've actually, above the contact form on a website or above the phone number or whatever it is, we'll make it really clear what happens after you inquire. Mm. So for people that are unsure of how long it's going to take or what the next steps are, we've said, if you get in touch via our contact form, we'll give you a call. Um, from there, we'll discuss whether we'd be a good fit and then organize a property inspection. We'll come out to your property within a week from when you've inquired, have a look at the property, send you through our pricing guide, and then hopefully partner with you from there mm-hmm. or whatever. So at least you know what the process yeah, is going to be you like. you know what to expect. Yes. So there's a couple of things I want to mention about this very first stage because it is very – most businesses will have this inquiry form or phone number on their website um, and it's really important to understand what the purpose of it is and what someone is going to expect once they fill it out. Um, if someone's filling out an inquiry form, regardless of the kind of company you are, you will expect an immediate response mm-hmm. and I think that's just because nowadays we are used to that yeah, immediacy yeah. and we found this interesting. We've got a client uh, that has a uh, beauty categorized service and we get uh, Instagram messages um, from you know potential clients of theirs asking yeah. if appointments are available yeah and it seems so odd because they have a booking system on their website but people want this instant response straight away and they think that they're going to get an instant response if they well, use also social media personalized I yeah. think um, like a concierge Instagram messaging yeah. is like they They'll be surprised to realize it's us over in Perth that are managing the Instagram messages. Like, I think, yes. I think social, yeah, anyway, that's another story for another day. But people want an instant response. So, that's one of the things I definitely think that um, is important to consider when you are dealing with inquiries. I think, as well, like, um, and I know I do this, and I know a lot of people that do this. If you're looking for a particular service, um, you might be submitting a, like a contact us form. 
for multiple different businesses. And the odds are that you're probably going to go with the the company that replies to you the first. Yeah, I definitely Um, agree with you. Because it's like, you know, first in best dress. Like that that saying is the same for a reason. And I think um, it shows proactiveness from the company yeah. it shows that but they care about your, your custom yes. yeah like it, yeah. it's um yeah. if someone is shopping around then how long it takes for you to reply is definitely definitely valuable one. yeah look it, i i tend to agree and there's this thing um there's an article that i might link to at the bottom of this episode um about something called catalytic mechanisms and it's a um this idea that if you create like a non-negotiable amongst your staff um in your processes Pick a non-negotiable that you know is going to lead to successful outcomes. If this property management company said to their sales reps, every inquiry that you get has to be responded to within an hour, that's the kind of catalytic mechanism or permanent KPI that's actually going to make a pretty big difference in their conversion rate. Mm -hmm. Because it's something that you know through experience works really well. You know that it's... Um, you know that it's going to be hard, but if you attach it to KPIs rather than making KPIs the number of conversions, mm-hmm. you um, make it behavioral based or leading indicator based, then you know that it's going to end up with something better. And that's yeah. definitely one of the things. The other one that's interesting, so we've got the anxiety alleviators bit above the um, messages. So we actually had a discussion with this client. We said, well, realistically, how quickly can you get back to someone? And you want to catch people when they're hot anyway. So they said, well, look, if it's between the hours of eight and five, we can get back within the hour. Yeah, okay. And I was like, great. Well, if you're happy to commit to that, I'm not writing it if you can't commit to it because the worst thing you can do is not you do it. You don't want to fall short on a promise. Yeah, so that's the number one thing. If you can do it, you pop it there and then you actually have to follow it through in terms of inquiry time. So that's the second one is when are you going to get back to them straight away? The third one that's really interesting that we've tried a lot is how would you like to be contacted? Mm. So we've tried a lot with different business websites and um, in your circumstance, yes, maybe you wanted to be re- like contacted by email rather than by phone. Um, if you were wanting to call someone on the phone, you probably would have just called their phone number rather than leave an inquiry message. Yeah. So we always have on all of our contact forms, we recommend putting like a, a radio checkbox or a drop down that says, how would you like us to contact you? Mm-hmm. And it, it enables someone to then choose the adventure that they're going to take rather than you telling them how you're going to contact them. It's giving them the opportunity to do things like, um, specify how they want to be communicated with. And I guess that, um, sorry to interrupt, but it comes back to that you're not the hero of the story. Yeah, so it's again, it's putting their needs above yours yeah. and, you know, what time is convenient for you? Exactly. How would you yes. rather be contacted? Because I've seen well. contact forms um, that have said, like, what specify time? a time yeah. frame for us to contact you. Yeah. And um, it is really handy and um, – I've also seen the contact forms where you can submit whether you want to be contacted by email, phone, or even text. Yeah, um, that's and true. That's yeah, good. it's great, especially if you you know if you work full time yes. or if you've got other um, commitments that you you might not necessarily be free to have a twenty minute phone call about your property management. Yes, um, it just means that again, like that customer is the hero of their own story. Yeah. They can dictate how yeah. they they want this relationship to work and um they'll they'll feel probably more comfortable with you because of it yeah i agree 100 percent. i think it's definitely something a lot of people overlook because they add and we get it too when we build websites it's oh it needs to have an inquiry form 
but the more you think about it, the more you, the more effort you put into making that experience work really well, the better your conversions are going to be. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we started talking about with this client. So we've got the um, the anxiety alleviators, we've got the responding straight away, we've got the preference of response, and then in the actual form, one of the, the like you know we had a few conversations around what well, I want to know. I don't want to have to ask them where their property is. I don't want to have to ask them, you know, how big it is or when they're planning on renting it out. Is it currently rented? Well, we talked about having certain questions on the contact form that can be filled out. And that kind of creates this, um, it, it stops tie kickers is mm-hmm. the expression. Like it stops people coming in and, and if they're not that interested, then they're probably not going to take the time to answer those questions. And if they are, they're happy to answer them. Yeah. So we added a few. I think we added in your uh, property address we added in um is your property currently being leased um and then we added i think we added in um how uh, like maybe we had check boxes for like what what services that you were interested in is it property management is it inspections whatever and it meant that they already knew a bit about the property so when they did get on the phone they could quickly um like build repertoire with the clients so do you remember we talked about that last week it was getting on the phone and saying i'd love you to tell me a bit about your property and um, you know, Bull Creek. Um, looks like it's currently being rented. How's everything going with it? Um, are there any concerns that you've currently got? Like blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. It helps you build rapport rather than going, hi, uh, I'm just calling from XYZ Property Management Company. You left an inquiry on our website? Yeah, it's giving you a bit more context and yeah. a bit of a starting point. It's such a hard one as well. And um, and, and look, it, it's, it, it doesn't take an expert to be able to have that kind of conversation. And that's the best bit about creating a process. It's, okay, we've asked those questions. So the next part of this inquiry system is to get in touch. And when you do get in touch, whether that's by email or phone, you can have a template for how that conversation starts, right? And anyone can do it. And it's just a list of questions. Yeah. And it's not like because they're inquiring about a service, they might want to, they're obviously unhappy with whatever's going on currently um, or they've just bought a property. Um, maybe that was one of the questions we had. If it's not been leased out before, then you impl- like it's kind of implying that they're brand new to the process, so you mm-hmm. can tailor your conversation. Um, so when you are on the phone, they're obviously not happy with their current property management company, so that opens up a series of leading questions. So what what do you want? Like, what would great property management look like to you? Um, and then actually listening to them and taking the time to get to know them. Yeah. That's that first inquiry part. It is a lot harder via email. But at the same time, if someone only can talk by email, so they're at work or whatever it is, then it's figuring out how to ask them those questions and make sure that they keep replying. Yeah. So that's quite a challenge as well. But you could even say in that email, look, um, I'd, I'd love to be able to chat over the phone. Is there any time that works for you for, so that I can get to know your property a bit better and see if we're the right fit? Um, there's also a really great scheduling tool. There's quite a few out there, but Calendly is a great tool. Yeah. Um, to enable people to schedule appointments with you. Um, If you have used Calendly, all it does is it syncs with your actual calendar, whether it's a Google calendar or a Microsoft calendar, and it uh, you can create little meeting slots. So say it's a 15 minute meeting slot, it'll have all the available times in your calendar on a calendar available and you can make it a phone call meeting and then someone can actually go in and book a time to talk to you via the phone which stops you doing that back and forth yeah it's easy when are you free when are you free Mm -hmm. yeah so it's something that a lot of i mean if you're on the phone a lot it's definitely something to just pop into your email signature so people know how to get in touch with you so they've inquired and then maybe via email you've asked a couple questions tried to get them on the phone please book a time that works for you this is my calendar i'd love to get in touch or you've phoned them you've spoken to them you've understood their problems what is the next step? 
Um, so I like in this. So, sorry, that's sorry okay. to ask your question and then answer that's it for you. Fine. Um, you did mention it before. Say that we knew that seventy percent of the property management um, sales team were getting out to their house and having success with the sale. The first question I got from the team when I brought this up, I was like, well, it sounds like you should be visiting every property. And the first thing was, well, I don't have time to visit every property. Mm -hmm. Or what if they don't want me to come out to their property? Or I've got to get them to agree. A lot of them don't want me to. Like, we came up with a lot of those things. Um, I don't have time. Like, like, people want me to come out after hours. I don't want to work after hours. Like, there's a lot of commercial issues that came with... um, that particular request but as an organization if you go hang on 70 percent conversions when we're currently only getting four percent like i think we should probably try and make that compulsory in our process and if not that's a catalytic mechanism every person's house has to be visited before you send them a quote yeah so in this circumstance that's the whole theme of the phone call and you know how we talked about this um this whole very good marketing framework this linear journey your purpose of every touch point is just to get someone to the next step right So if you've got them on the phone, they've sent through an email inquiry, they're happy to be contacted by phone, uh, you give them a call, you're chatting to them and you understand their problems and and you don't want them to sign up with your company, you just want to see their home, right? So you say, look, um, I'd really love to come out and see your property, this is going to help me put together a quote for you based on, you know, the, the condition of the home, what kind of tenants we think we could get in there, how we're going to create the marketing strategy to get at least, all that kind of stuff, you can ask all of those questions and that's going to help um, that's or that's going to help someone agree to come to your place uh, to let you come to their place. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do any time after hours. What time works for you? How can we make this work? Like that kind of thing. Um, is that a possibility? Like all that kind of stuff. And hopefully, most people say yes. If not, there's definitely some very like there's some technical ways of having those kinds of conversations that don't have a yes and no answer. That's the kind of thing you want to make sure that you focus on. So um, is there a time in the next couple of weeks that I can come? What would the next, what would be the best time in the next couple of weeks for me to come out and see the property? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Coax them into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then making sure that you can do that within a couple of weeks of their inquiry or even a week of their inquiry is really important. So again, when they're kind of hot and when they want to, um, engage your services the sooner you can do it the better so someone has um someone said yes to that the other thing you can do is i don't know what time just yet can i get back to you again well here's my calendly booking link yeah. um if you haven't booked i mean like if you haven't booked it in the next few days are you okay if i give you a call back yeah like that's fine call, call future amy like she'll she'll deal with it <laughs> She'll do whenever. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of thing that becomes essential to that particular process. But it might not be the case for everyone. Mm-hmm. So say that they have gone and visited the property. So we've got those. Th- now we're on the third process, mm-hmm. a piece of the puzzle. Um, you've seen the property. The next step is to send through a quote, right? Yeah, I would say so. Cool. Um, have you been sent a quote before from a company? How do they normally send it? And which ways have you found it to be the best? Um, I've only ever really been quoted via like email. And really, it's not even been probably a personalized service i'm talking like insurance quotes and things okay. like that so, so like it's more automated yeah. um yeah. you plug in all your details and it spits out a yeah pdf document so one of the things i've seen and this is again this is more intermediary level but one of the things i've seen that's cool is someone recording like a little video and embedding it in the email that just talks about the quote have you ever seen those before no i haven't i have got them. also disclaimer i don't own a home or yeah. have any responsibilities <laughs> so i'm just a child I don't spend money. I don't um, do anything. Okay, so the I guess as a consumer, 
uh, and as a business. Business to business, I find works a little bit differently. But as a consumer, I found the quotes I've gotten have either been automated like that um, or they've been even just handwritten in the email, just like in the email body. Mm-hmm. Um, very rarely will I find that I've had like a professional quote kind of sent through and then attached to the email. Maybe I've gotten something over the phone from a tradesperson. Um, I really, it depends how expensive your product is. But a really cool way of delivering quotes that I found is, um, yeah, so a little embedded video. I'll have to find the best example of one um, and put a, a link into the, the, the podcast description. But it's, it's a little video that's embedded in the email, kind of pixelated because it has to be small. And it's this pixelated guy. Hi, Amy. Uh, hi, Amy. Uh, I've just put together a quote for you for uh, this particular project. As you can see, I've put in all this info based on the info that we've talked about. Uh, I took into consideration this and this and this. I've got the best price that we could get. Um, basically everything that seems like he's doing you a favor, right? Or you, yeah. So yeah. he, he was doing me a favor. He was like, I've, I've spoken to my manager. I've got the best price that I can get for this. Mm. Look, I can only guarantee this price is going to be around for the next couple of weeks. Um, so I really need to know, um, whether this is, is going to suit your budget. Um, if you're happy with it, just flick me an email that says, yes, go ahead. And what I'll do is I'll start drawing up the paperwork to try and get everything in order. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And I'll um, give you a call back in the next couple of days if I haven't heard from you. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really cool technique. So, um, yeah, it's a little embedded video. Like I keep saying, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like I'm waiting for a word to come to me that, that makes it seem more self-explanatory. It sounds, but like, it sounds like a voicemail. Yeah, it's like a voicemail, but it's a <laughs> but video email. one. And it's embedded, so it's not a link. Like, it's not sitting elsewhere. It's not sitting on YouTube or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's in the, the body of the email. So that's really cool. And um, and it helps to kind of add a bit of narrative to um, sending a quote, which is quite a cold process after you've spent so much time getting to know them. If this isn't um, right, then give them a call. Hey, I'm just sending through this quote right now. You should have it in your inbox. If you're free, let me walk you through it and tell you a bit about it. Yeah. So that's another opportunity to um to kind of keep them connected once you've sent it through now what you're doing is you're working on like this um you're it's like a waiting game to work out whether they're going to convert or not so they've got the quote they're kind of halfway through your sales process which seems odd because most people would think the quote is the start but it's not you've mm-hmm. sent through a lot of work yeah. up until that point <laughs> so you've sent through the quote you've sent them all the info um in this instance the property management company had tiered services so that's something to consider as well as there's a lot of uh, there's quite a sales technique behind giving someone options when it comes to choosing a price mm-hmm. and often what you can do is you can present three different prices or two different prices and you can have slightly different services and um, you can way overprice one to make the one that you really want them to sign up with the second one it's quite common um, they call it like bookmarking it's like the yeah. one in the middle is the one you want them to pick and it's this one's too small this one's too big this one's just right the baby yeah bear. Baby bear's <laughs> it's a bit like that so that's a technique you can use when presenting a quote or a price as well so keep that in mind depending on your industry but uh sending through the quote and then actually starting a process of following up so you send them the quote they still haven't converted they're still not sure it's right how often do you follow up with them um First of all, it should following up be something that you do? Because a lot of the people that I've spoken to are quite resistant to following up. I would say yes, for sure. Um, You would want to follow up. I would say two to three times. Yeah. Okay. 
And then before you consider them kind of Before gone. they're gone. Cool. Gone. So, um, like, you don't touch base with them again unless they call you back. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Three times max. I agree. So, look, the, the, the best bit about this is if you have told them you're going to follow up, that's the key. So, if you let them know really clearly that you're planning on giving them a call back if you haven't heard back from them, um, then they're not going to find that to be an intrusive process. In fact, you've kept a promise, which is to keep harassing them. Um, so, give them a call uh, maybe two to three days later. Um, hey, just wanted to know if you had any questions about the quote that I sent through. Um, uh, is there any th- other questions I can answer for you? Anything else that I haven't covered in terms of our service and our partnership going forward? Um, oh, yeah, like just haven't had a chance to have a look at it yet, but I will and I'll mm-hmm. let you know. Great, cool. So that's the first stage and that's just a blanket follow-up. The next one that I'd recommend is follow-up maybe a week later. Um, and I think it's an email. And what I'd recommend for this kind of process is remembering something that you spoke about, whether that was anecdotally, like personally, or whether that was something to do with them How as a client. Kids? Yeah. <laughs> and it's finding something and sending it to them in terms of like that adding value piece. So we did talk about value adding and reciprocity in the last podcast, but if they did have a property um, in a certain area and maybe when you were talking to them, you were getting to know them a bit and they were talking about landscaping. Goodness, this comes around, doesn't it? Um, so they were talking a bit about how the property needed We've got some landscaping just the work. Company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what you might do is you should say, "Hey, you know, hey, Amy, um, just uh, came across this particular company. Um, been trying to find their name for you for a couple of weeks now. They look after properties uh, gardening in your area. Uh, they seem to be quite affordable. Um, let me know if you want me to get you in touch with them. Here's their website link." Um, Something, something, something. Because they went, they needed a gardening recommendation and suddenly you've delivered one. So finding opportunities to send someone value after the conversation is actually It really, really cool. is like dating. Yeah, I know. It's like finding an excuse to, to message that one Yeah, person. I know. Basically, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. so funny. Saw this um, today and thought of you. Yeah, so that's basically what you're trying to do in this stage. But it, it stops you from being like just following up again. Like it's actually a reason for getting in touch. So that's pretty cool. So if you still haven't heard from them, mm-hmm. right? So it's been a couple of weeks now. Um, what I think... It, it depends what kind of industry you're in, but I definitely think there's um, there's a last final email warranted. And I think that's just a case of you being like, all right, well, if they're not keen now, they're really not keen. So it's um, that final follow-up email. So, hi, Amy. It looks like we're not the right fit for you at the moment. Um, I'm going to... Um I'm going to save your information for next time. Maybe the quote expires in two weeks. This quote's actually expired now. I'm going to save your information in our system. If you ever do need a hand with your property, please give me a call personally. This is my phone number. Hope you guys have a really nice Easter break or something or gardening experience. I don't know. Yeah. Best of luck. Best of luck to you. Shrubbery. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much it. And that's the sales process that um, – that's just a really common, simple sales process, but it suits a lot of businesses. In fact, it suits most of the businesses that we've worked with in some capacity um, that fits that criteria I mentioned at the start. If you've got this kind of uh, setup, then it's going to ensure that you are checking a lot of the boxes. Yes, there's so much more you can do, but this is a pretty great start. Um, And you'll definitely have success if you kind of start along that journey and continue with it. So there's one thing that I want to mention before we finish up this episode, and this is um, setting goals. Mm -hmm. So we talked about meeting with this sales team and and sitting down and saying, you know, this is this is the process that we've now built. How do you make sure everyone sticks to it? And how do you make sure that we are actually tracking and measuring everything that's happening so that we can align it to goals? So, yes, they were converting at three percent and um, they claim to have had 70 percent every time they went to a customer's house. Mm -hmm. Do you change the goal to a 70 percent conversion rate? 
Probably not. But as an organization, if there was a really clear goal that was set out, it does make it a lot easier to know whether what's happening in this process is having success or not. So um, we can't actually change something unless we really know how it's going, right? You can't improve what you don't measure? No, can't. And um, just on that, I think uh, I had a thought. And it's left the building. <laughs> it was okay. about measurables. But I think I think along the lines of like, um, yeah, the 70%, like you need to be realistic with, oh, your, yeah, with, definitely. with what you're measuring but in you your goals. But you should still aim for the stars as well. So it's got to be motivational. So somewhere in the middle is definitely good. So you want to do better than the 3%, but not quite as good as the 70%. So maybe pick 40% and see how you go. And there's this whole piece to it where if you actively set and talk about goals, they kind of manifest themselves. Um, how can you gamify the goals? How can you share them amongst the team? How can you be transparent about them? It's very, very important. There's this whole story in Dale Carnegie's book um, that talks about uh, the Schwab, the Schwab factory, uh, where the night team that like started versing the day team in terms of production output. So at the end of the day, the night shift would write in chalk on the floor the number of steel tanks they manufactured the day team would see that number and then want to beat it and the night team would want to beat it and then the day team would want to beat it and it's just unifying everyone around a common goal and if you said to the sales team look it's a 50 percent conversion rate we'd like um, on average over the next five months um how can we support each other to do it how can we support you to do it what do you want like what happens once we've reached it like that kind of thing is really important so goal setting is a big part of this process too so that's that's it. That's that's. They're all my tips. They're they're my high level tips for converting leads into customers. What do you think? I think it's crazy how um, simple everything is when you lay it out. But it's I guess if you s- just ask someone randomly, like how would you convert your leads into customers, it would probably send them against a brick wall and flabbergast them. Yeah. And, but when you lay it out, and it's all techniques that we're all familiar with. I think you know we all live lives outside of our work life and um, we've all gotten a quote for something along the lines of gardening or, you know, like we've all gone through these um, stages. So I think sometimes it just takes that step back to look at the process and think, oh, okay, like I just need to do this and I need to do that. Yeah, and there's so much clickbaity stuff on the internet and there's so many books written about like how to, you know, sell, sell, sell and blah, blah, blah. Most companies don't do even the basics. Mm -hmm. I mean, we heard about Lynn, the skirting board lady. She didn't even reply to my email and all she had to do was reply and she would have got my work. So I just definitely think that there's, there's, there's so much to be said in in having a really simple process, yeah. and everything we're not I've complex is, creatures. No, nah, not at all. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, Shannon, I think um, I think we're going to cap off the leads to customers section of the podcast, and I'll see you next time when we talk about um, product delivery and converting customers into fans. Great. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you.